Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, episode number 10, and our first episode for 2017. Happy New Year! Today, I'm very excited to have a guest, associate professor at the University of Regina, Lisa Watson. And we're going to be talking a little bit about social marketing. Social marketing, not social media marketing. Social marketing is, the, the, of course, marketing that is uh, trying to change behavior that uh, would benefit either a person or society. And changing behavior, of course, always very complex. And to share a little bit about what's happening at the University of Regina, I had a wonderful chat with Lisa Watson. Welcome, Lisa, to the podcast. Thank you very much, Dave. Happy to be here. Uh, wonderful. So maybe we could start by just telling us a little bit about you and uh, what you do at the university. Well, I'm an associate professor of marketing at the Hill and Levine Schools of Business at uh, University of Regina. I've been here for... A little over 10 years now, I teach uh, undergraduate marketing, I teach in the EMBA program, and I do research. Now, uh, it's research mostly that I want to talk about today. Tell me, first of all, because there's something super exciting happening here that you, you haven't even shown me yet, but it's the new research lab. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. Um, uh, so this lab is just about to really launch into full use this semester. It's something we've been working on for several years because the wheels of bureaucracy uh, turn very slowly. Um, so we got money from the Canadian Foundation of Innovation, uh, which is in a federal granting organization. Mm -hmm. They gave us about just under $420,000 uh, to put the lab together and buy the equipment. And it's designed to be uh, a human behavior research facility. So we'll have focus group space. We can run simulations. We can run experiments. Uh, we have some uh, office space for some research assistants. Uh, and it's going to be pretty exciting. So there's one space that we can basically set it up to be anything. It can be a store one day. It can be a computer simulation another day. It can set up to be look like an oh, office wow. another day. Um, so that we can do as many different kinds of studies as we want to in the context of business research. So literally setting up a store where you could look at uh, human behavior in in shopping. Yeah, absolutely. So we have the whole place that's wired with cameras. We have eye tracking equipment. We can measure uh, heart rate and um, sweat. Oh, wow. Um, tests so we can get physical responses to things when people are looking at them and seeing them. Um, and again, we have focus groups so we can do live recording of group uh, interviewing. We can do individual interviewing if we want to in there as so well. So what, <clears throat> what are your hopes and dreams for what this will be looking at? Like what kinds of things will you be doing? Um, our goal for the lab is, is to be having it be used all the time by a lot of different kinds of researchers. My baby, of course, is in the marketing area. Uh, so we're going to be hoping to be looking at a lot of things around how people respond to whether it be advertising or um, how stores are set up, other kinds of stimuli like that. Um, most of us in the marketing area here that do research are in the area of social marketing and health promotion. So that's a big one for us. So we like to basically see how can we make people make better decisions. Mm. Um, so whether it's around buying healthier food, whether it's around more sustainable decisions, um, things that we can do um, to make the world a better place. That's oh, a lot that of what we hope to be doing in there. That is really exciting. So will um, we, the marketers in the province, have any access to this? Or will we be able to, I guess, even learn from what you're doing? Uh, uh, we, you'd better learn from what we're doing. We're not doing our jobs <laughs> properly. Um, we uh, have some protocols for who can use the facility. So 
just the nature of the grant says that it has to be used for research purposes. Uh, so we can't have any teaching in there. Um, but our internal policies basically say the academics and the researchers here get first shot at it. Um, anything that will advance knowledge on a higher scale rather than doing kind of market research for an individual firm. Um, but there's lots of opportunity, I think, for us to partner with business to look at some of those bigger questions that will help both local uh, organizations and kind of the greater industry. So I'll just have to uh, suggest some research topics to you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm more than happy to talk about those kinds of things. Oh, and, that's exciting. Yeah. But no teaching in there. Um, no, not at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, they actually claw back funds if we if we bring classes in there. But you will have, I assume, the students here be able to work with you yes, and, and absolutely. That's the whole so as long as they're working on research projects, we can that's we really want to have our students active in there and they'll actually serve as participants as well. We just can't be teaching classes and things like that. Ah, it's so exciting. So, I can't wait to see it. Now how many like how many of these exist? Do you have any idea, like in Canada? Or? Well, there are a fair number of labs, lots and lots of, and there's a fair number of labs even on this campus. Uh, but this one is pretty special. And if you even talk to some of my colleagues around who've, you know, kind of been at other universities and have recently been hired and we're shopping around at other schools, we have a very, very nice, nice lab. We're very, oh, very lucky with the, the, the quality of facility that we have here. Uh, for the size of the school. Oh, that's exciting. Well, I'll be sure to get you back after I've had a look <laughs> and we and it's running for a little while and we can talk about uh, how it's going and, and you can share some some of the uh, different aspects of it. Because even that um, eye tracking, as we were saying before we started, was uh, is something I'm, I'm fascinated by. I've never actually seen it working or, or how it works. Yeah. And um, once it's set up, it's really easy uh, to actually use. It's just getting it set up and getting it started. Mm-hmm. The one thing I wanted to talk to you about and spend the most of what we're talking about today is um, a paper that you have with a colleague uh, put together, and it's called Motivational Response, I hope this is the title anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Response to Positive Fear and Shame Appeals in Obesity-Related Social Marketing Campaigns. Yeah. The first thing I'll do is apologize for the title because <laughs> academic titles are disastrous. Right. Um, they always sound like the most boring things in the world, but hopefully the paper is more interesting than the title. It was. It's really interesting. <laughs> So, because social marketing is um, is very exciting, and and there's very little we know about you know what works, and you're exploring sort of the idea of you know what what sort of um, messages um, get the best response, or how do the how people respond to the different messages, and you focused on fear, shame, and. I guess a positive message. Positive messages, and there are guilt messages, and I'll be working. I'll be working them into my next round of research as well. Um, so yes, and so there is some research done on the different kinds of messaging that we can use to promote health behavior. So it's health promotion research, really. Um, so is it, uh, hey, you can do it? Message? Is it you're going to die if you don't do this message? Is this you know your friends are going to think you're you know, horrible if you do this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, those are the kinds of messages that we're talking about in terms of how do we get people to respond and want to change what, they, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the research that has been done has been done with open-ended interviews. It's been a little bit uh, more qualitative in nature. So this is the first time um, or one of the first main studies that I was able to locate anyway that takes a very quantitative experimental style view um, starts to compare how people's um, ideas about the ads themselves actually compare to their personalities and behaviors um, so that we can start to say what kinds of people are going to respond best to what kinds of 
uh, messages. So uh, tell me how you, how you uh, first of all, how you go about this, and then maybe we'll talk about the results a little bit, but you have three different types of messages that you're putting yep. in front of people. Yeah, so we made up some very, very rough kind of fake, you know, what might be a little Facebook ad or something, mm-hmm. just an image and a simple headline, uh, and basically had people rate the, their emotional responses to them. Uh, along with asking them information about, you know, their body mass index, their relationships with food, their general personality traits, some of those kinds of things. Um, And then in experimental design, they were just randomly shown one of them and asked to respond uh, so that they weren't kind of biased by seeing all three and trying Mm -hmm. to compare them in their minds. Uh, And then we just basically ran some statistical analysis, and I'll I'll spare you the boredom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But bottom line, um, the thing that really influences people's likelihood to respond to any kind of message in the obesity area is really their emotional relationship with food. Um, Their body mass index and actually how much they weighed didn't have an impact one way or the other. It was just how emotionally tied they are to eating. Uh, and then we took it a bit of a step further and looked at some individual differences. So if you are someone who's kind of, you know, kind of a little higher on the um, neuroticism, people don't like this word, so I'm going to come up <laughs> with the right word. Emotionality level. Um, so people who feel anxiety a little more often, will they respond more highly to fear appeals? Um, will people that have some dominance and kind of aggressive tendencies respond to something different? People with... Um, social, you know, self-esteem issues or social anxiety will shaming, you know, be kind of a stronger response for them. So we measured out a bunch of these different kinds of things to see if people would respond differently. And we did find differences there, but not nearly to the same level as that emotional relationship with food. So So there's no, a lot of it. So, um, so it's not so much the messages as it's the res- the receiver and what where their head is at. Right, and if you if you get a good idea of what that what that person needs to know to be able to want to make that change, the more successful you're going to be, right? So it's not that different than target marketing and right. you know finding the right message for the right target audience. Um, but a lot of different people are obese for a lot of different reasons, right? So you know the more the more ways we can find to reach the right people in the right way, the more successful it will be. So surprisingly or not surprisingly, there's no magic bullet to say, ah, this is the message that everyone needs to deliver and how. Well, this is really part one of a longer stream of research. So the the message type itself is one piece of the puzzle. There's also a lot of other pieces that we're now going to start building in one at a time to keep that kind of experimental design of seeing what's actually influencing what. You have to do it in stages. Uh, So we're also going to be looking at um, self-efficacy, which is do I think I can actually do it? You know, based on what I would have to do to make the change, do I think the changes would be effective? That's called response efficacy. So there's more pieces to the puzzle that we're going to start adding mm-hmm. in um, to see how we can basically most effectively get the most people motivated to respond to these messages. So when you talk about, maybe explain to me a little bit more about the emotional relationship to food and how that is uh, changed or how that is, how that changes how you perceive these messages. Sure. Um, so The technical term is called dietary restraint, basically. And it has to do with how often you have to restrain yourself around food, right? And and what causes it. So you have this very, very, you know, tied relationship to food. It's not just something you put in your mouth so you can live day to day. It's, you know, I want to eat it. I have to work hard not to. My weight goes up and down because I'm constantly fighting myself against wanting, Mm -hmm. you know, to eat things that are bad for me, you know, those kinds of things. So I think we all have an understanding of other people that just have that, right, Mm -hmm. in in this world. And a lot of that, I think, is what's driving obesity is, you know, food is 
part of our social activity. It's, you know, what we do when we're sitting in front of the TV. It's just always there. We do everything to excess in our society. (laughs) It's just one more thing, except, you know, with diabetes rates as high as they are, et cetera, you know, it's becoming quite dangerous. So, Mm -hmm. um, so it's that, that personality type that just has that hard time saying no, right. And and constantly feels this battle against food that are going to be most likely to want to do something. And it doesn't matter which of those three messages it is to them. They want to do something. They just don't know how. And that's why those next steps and the different, the next pieces of the puzzle are going to be very important is to see how can we really help those kinds of, because that's a huge group of people, you know, and again, within them, there's going to be smaller subsets of people. So how can we really find out what they need? And in the area of obesity, it's not as simple as a drunk driving campaign or a non-smoking campaign, which aren't really easy, I guess, if you think (laughs) about it, especially in this province, the drunk driving campaigns. Um, But the solution is pretty much you do it or you don't, right? You had a cigarette today or you didn't have a cigarette today, right? You drove drunk, you didn't drive drunk. Right. When it comes to obesity, there's so much more complexity, right? Because we all have to eat. It's not a matter of not eating. It's what you eat, how much you eat, when you eat. You know, are you exercising, right? All of those different things come into play. And there's so much conflicting scientific information that how does that person know that what they're going to do is going to make a difference, right? You know, women, you know, it's a lot more difficult for them to lose weight than men, right? Mm-hmm. They diet together, the husband drops 25 pounds, the woman gains two, and she just wants to throw up her hand and give up, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> um, so how can you find some kind of a system that makes them feel like they have a chance of being successful? So what did you learn from this? Um, well, again, it's early stage and it's phase one. So far. So we hope to learn a lot more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for sure. Again, knowing, having a good idea that it's that m- emotional relationship to food and not actually one's weight is actually a big deal. That's kind of phase one in terms of knowing the type of person that we want to start off with. Right. Uh, and looking at those individual differences, we did find uh, exactly what we expected, that positive appeals work better with one kind of personality, fear works better with another um, you know, the self-esteem kind of shaming works better with another kind of, you know, kind of person. So there are significant differences between what they'll respond to in terms of messaging. So that does tell us that using a wide range of messages, right, looking for those different groups of people is important. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we have to figure out what kinds of those response efficacy messages will work well for each of those different groups of people. Right. So the people that are afraid for their health, how can we say if you do this, right, you're less likely to die. Right. Or if you do this, you know, your friends won't laugh at Mm -hmm. you. If you do this, you're going to be successful right away and get that quick win. Right. Be able to find out what those combinations um, of issues and topics and, and things have to be to be able to get people off the ground. Did anything really surprise you? Have have you been surprised yet through this? Um, I know you've done like a, uh, a pile of background work before you reach this yeah. point. So. Um, so I don't think there are any huge, huge surprises. I think the extent, like the sizes of the effects were the biggest things I think that were really surprising to us and seeing seeing that the body mass index and actual weight didn't relate to people's desire to lose weight was a little bit unexpected. Okay. Um, but when it was paired up with that emotional relationship with food, it was like, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, Right. yeah. Yeah, well, that's fascinating. Is this available to people, or did you just sneak this to me? And <laughs> yeah, well, I did just sneak it to you. But yeah, no, it was presented at a, at a a conference in Ireland, and most conference papers don't get published. 
um, outside of the conference, but this will eventually um, become part of published work. Right? Mm-hmm. So like I said, it's kind of the pilot test that's going to build on to a couple of more studies, and then that, that will be published and available. So what will the next steps be? What will your... Um, our, for you? Or? My immediate next steps are going to be to go to... Um, I'm using, I've downloaded some real ads uh, from real gyms, and I've included a guilt message. I've added that in. So it's basically you're not going to be around to see your kids. Um, right, or yeah. you can't play soccer with your kids or something if you're overweight kind of messaging. Yeah. We didn't want to put that in right away. We wanted to see what the individual effects were because childhood obesity and parental guilt, I think, is a whole separate issue. It has the opportunity to kind of confound things if you mm-hmm. don't know what's happening in the first instance. But we're definitely going to add those in. Uh, and like I said, we're going to add in some of these kind of the hows and the you can be successful uh, messages into it to see um, how that goes. So. Um, that's definitely one. And one of the things we're expecting to do in the lab, which should be pretty as exciting, is we want to get those physical responses. It's really nice to get a self-report that says, oh, yeah, this made me feel bad right, on a scale of one to seven. To get that, where did people's eyes go and how did they actually physically react to that ad? And you know, what did their heart rate spike and you know, what had the biggest actual reaction, I think will be a big piece of the puzzle. And I don't think that's ever been done in this area before. That is really interesting overall, but it's uh, especially in this case to to because your your self assessment might be layered with all kinds of other things that you're not exactly, going to exactly. reveal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very exciting. So when is this coming up? When are when are the next steps happening? Let's <laughs> this, go, let's go. They're happening this semester. So yeah. I had a big teaching semester last semester. So this semester I get to basically just work on research. It will be pretty exciting. And I do have some other projects going on with other colleagues. But this is, a, yeah, it's definitely a priority while we've got that momentum. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for chatting with me. And if, if people wanted to get in touch with you and have any questions, um, how would they get in hold of you or what's the best um, way? Well, they can get a hold of me at the university pretty easy. My email address is lisa.watson at uregina.ca. And my office phone number is 306-337-2389. Awesome. Well, thank you again. No worries. Thanks. And that's our show. Thank you very much for listening. I'm going to post a link where you can download the paper that Lisa and I were talking about, and you can take a deep, deep dive into social marketing and the work the university research team are doing, if you're interested. Please join us again next week. You can subscribe on iTunes. Music for Lessons Learned in Marketing is written and recorded by Six Degrees in Calgary. Talk to you next week.